Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Drive. Uh, It is Wednesday, October 6th. It is midweek. I hope your week is going well so far. Halfway done if you uh, work a five-day work week. Um, But uh, I've I've been actually, like, kind of gravitating towards 1 Peter a lot because first and second Peter were written towards the end of Peter's life and you know he went through a lot he often spoke before he thought um, he made many mistakes but then he was restored uh, and then he preached power of the Holy Spirit saved souls I mean he went through a lot so when you're reading first and second Peter it's kind of neat because you see the wisdom of biblically yeah but also life experience from from Peter now he doesn't give his whole testimony in First and Second Peter, but he does share insights into um, these, you know, doctrines and truths and theologies that uh, that he talks about, and you can really see a maturity in him. Uh, and that's that's hopefully what we're all working towards, right? That's the goal uh, to mature in the Christian faith, to continue to grow, to continue to, you know, open-handedly uh, be refined by our creator and uh and as i was looking at first peter i was looking at chapter first peter chapter uh, 2 verse 7 which says this therefore to you who believe he is precious but to those who are disobedient the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone so to those who believe, he is precious. And this, you know, the context here, we're talking about Jesus, right? And it's interesting because this is the outlook of those who genuinely, it should be the outlook of those who genuine, uh, genuinely believe that we look at Jesus and we see him as precious. He is important. We are not afraid to say his name. We're not afraid to say we live for him. We're not afraid to say he's a mediator between God and man. He's precious. He's valuable. He's amazing. He's, I don't think you can really adequately put words to who he is. Because he is so awesome. (laughs) You know, he's so precious. It's like when you have something that you value, you're going to hold it tight. You're going to make sure it's okay. You're going to triple check it every day to make sure there's nothing, you know, that it's still there. That it's, it's like... I don't know, it's like kids. Kids ascribe value to things that, you know, to adults or to parents, we're like, yeah, that's, two, that's a, you know, $2 you know, junkie toy. But to your child, it might be the world. They see it as precious. They see it as valuable. They see it as um, just the best thing that they could ever have, you know. And so they cherish it. They appreciate it, actually. Might only be for a, a couple hours, and then they'll throw it in their stack of other toys. But they they see it as precious, and I don't. I just want to make sure my view of Jesus is that that I see him as my savior, but also as as valuable, as precious, as important, as the main one who um, runs my life, basically, who leads me. And so I just love what Peter said. You know, he sees this contrast right here, which, you know, there was a contrast within Peter's life as well before um, 
before the crucifixion and after the crucifixion. Before the crucifixion, Peter was all in, let's go, come on. I'll die for you. And then he denied him. Denied Jesus three times when danger presented itself. Did he? Did Peter see Jesus as precious at that point? I don't think so. Not enough to stand with him. He denied him. And then there's a contrast where he was restored, where he had that confrontation with Jesus. And do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. Tend my flock. Three times, right? And he denied him three times. He was restored, in other words, right? And so there's a contrast. Those who truly believe, they see him as precious. But to those who are uh, disobedient, here's a contrast. The stone which the builders rejected have become the chief cornerstone. And that stone is Christ, the chief cornerstone, the one who holds up the building, the one who is the foundation. And so really this is a contrast of foundations. What are you founded upon? What is your life built upon? Is it built upon Jesus, the chief cornerstone, the one who holds a whole structure up? And guys, we know this. As believers, we're like, man, yeah, he needs to hold me up today because I can't even lift a finger. You know, I just don't even, I don't even know. I'm depending on him. I'm surrendering to him. I'm um, throwing all my weight upon him. But there's that. And then there's those who, they reject the chief cornerstone. The builders, actually, the ones who should have the, the wisdom to know that this chief cornerstone is what everything else is built upon. It's stacked up from. I mean, the builders should know that. But they reject it. And they use something else to build. And then earthquakes happen. Storms arise. Trials appear. And the structure crumbles. And there's the contrast, you guys. I I was thinking about, you know, my life growing up. I I didn't know the Lord. I wasn't really... I I think my sisters went to Catholic school or whatever. It doesn't really mean anything. But I I remember going to Catholic church a couple times. um, Hard wooden pews. um, Stuff that was being said that I didn't understand. Rituals, stuff like that. That was only a a few times, a couple times I remember that. Um, But I was never really like introduced to the gospel or like biblical church, if you will, um, until later. Until I was a lot older. And then God started planting seeds and working on my heart and and all of that stuff. And, and I got saved. And man, once you get saved, it's interesting because you, you really see the contrast between not having the Lord and having the Lord. At least I do. There were times I was just struggling so bad in the world, you know. And, and I didn't have anyone, anything to cling to. I didn't have any true hope or purpose or direction. I just had to sit there and just wallow in it all. And and it just I look back and I go, man, that was that was bad. <laughs> I like I didn't like that. But it makes me even that much more thankful 
knowing Jesus, knowing that, yeah, I know he's precious and I know I need him. And I'm so glad I get to follow him because I know the alternative. And so do you. You know what it's like not knowing the Lord, not having the one who created you to be there for you. You know what the contrast is. And so, man, I appreciate and I love the fact that I know the Lord Jesus. Like, that's supreme. That's, I don't even know what to say. It's just mind-blowing. It's overwhelming. It's a good thing. It's, I'm blessed because I know him. Not just know about him. Although, yeah, as we go through, you know, the Bible, uh, we get to know about Jesus a lot more. We get to know about God's heart for humanity and all that stuff, right? But not just know about him, but actually know him, walk with him, live for him, be about his business, serve him. That's the ultimate position, a servant because we know who we're serving. We know who our, our, our leader is, the one in charge, you know, the one who guides us. Man, it's a huge blessing, you guys. And I just, again, I just see the contrast here, um, the clear-cut contrast, and I can definitely relate to it because I've been both. And uh, I think Peter related to it even as he was writing to it, thinking about how he was half-hearted at one point and then went all in at another point, Pentecost. It's like that contrast really makes me grateful. It should make you grateful to know Jesus, to walk with him, to live for him, and just to see him as precious, as valuable, as everything. So good. Get to know him and make him known. That's the goal. We'll love you guys. Hope you have a good Wednesday, and we'll talk to you in the morning.